and welcome to How Do You Drew? This is a Drew Barrymore podcast brought to you by thedrewzeum.com. I'm Ashley. And I'm Anne. And welcome to the latest episode. Episode Trace. Yeah. Three's, three's a lucky number for us, so I like it. I like it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I guess we can announce at the top what the topic is, and then we'll kind of go over some other things. So today we're going to be talking about, we're going to go through a magazine retrospective of Rolling Stone from June 15th, 1995, which is, I think, a Drewby favorite across the board. Would you agree? I'd say so. Absolutely. <laughs> um, photograph wise and article wise. Um, and I was just kind of doing some quick math. Uh, is this a 27 year old article? Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah. Is that right? I think that checks out. <laughs> All right. So, but I I kind of love when I when I saw that I was like, well, that makes me feel really good about sharing this because I think that means there will be mm. a lot of people anyone who wasn't a fan even when we were, hard to believe, 3 years after this came out. Yeah. Um probably has never read this article. You know, know, so I think that we're doing a, a service to the Drew fans. <laughs> I mean, I like to think that's all we ever do with our Drewzium and uh, now our podcast that's constantly true. delivering <laughs> the else, goods. Who else are we servicing? <laughs> yes. True, ourselves. <laughs> okay, so yes. before we get into the episode topic, uh, one quick little oopsie daisy, and really, we are literally the only people who will care about this, but I think we want to have it on record. <laughs> we gave the wrong uh -huh. date. It's important though. <laughs> yeah, we gave the wrong debut date for our own website in the last episode. Well, that's just kind of how we are <laughs> so we said it was uh january 16th 2006 and for some reason we do that all the time but it was actually january 15th so gosh i know you guys were really concerned about that mistake <laughs> you know what i think i realized what it is we just really really want it to be a six and then a six i guess i, I know. mean that you must are be a it. one you're a one and then an 11 drew's yeah. a two and then a 22 that's like, true we just we really do, wanted like, it to numbers. be one we wanted it to be one, one, six, six. <laughs> but you know what? We just have to live with the fact that it's one, one, <laughs> five, six. Yeah, we really need to come to terms with this. <laughs> Maybe we'll get it right next year. <laughs> I'll be clenching my teeth until I can get used to it. <laughs> All right. That's it, though. We didn't make any other mistakes as far as we know. That's pretty good. That's, I mean, I was going to say shocking. <laughs> But I'm shocked that we've made any mistakes at all. We are, True. We are absolutely perfect. Total pros. <laughs> okay. Um, total pros. What else we got going on? We've actually gotten uh, a few comments um, and an email. We've got a few things. So we'll have plenty uh, to share in the next uh, few episodes for You've Got Mail. I picked just one today because we don't need to like constantly be patting ourselves on the back. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to read it or do we <laughs> sure <laughs> you've got mail so we got a really sweet message from someone who's been following us for quite some time on instagram um at cosmico copy and she says catching up and omg this is so exciting to hear you guys do this it's making me tear up i'm so happy to have found you guys so early in my drew journey you have no idea I know I say it a lot, but your archives are so special to me. Thank you for doing the Lord's work, LOL. 
<laughs> See, we are doing a great service. <laughs> you are welcome. Yes, yeah, so sweet. <laughs> and thank, thank you. you so much for the support for these years. <laughs> They're really cool. <laughs> okay, the only like miscellaneous yeah, thing absolutely. I have to bring up um, this time around is I just found out something kind of funny that I think it was the day after our debut episode came out. Uh, this other okay. podcast, um, his normal podcast is Disgraceland, and it talks about like different kind of wild. Oh, I've heard stuff. of that. Yeah, it's pretty. I think it's pretty huge. Um, but he has this like side podcast called Hollywood Badlands. And the day after our epi- our first episode came out, they released an episode about Drew, <laughs> which I was like, what? And it was called. So cool. Yeah, it was called Curses, Corpses, and a Coked Up Child Star in the Club. Woo! <laughs> but uh, basically, <laughs> if anybody wants to listen, it I would say it basically just retells Little Girl Lost. Like, that's definitely the main source of information, but it's told in a pretty fun uh, way very entertaining really like snappy writing different from like what we're doing here <laughs> it's a little more scripted <laughs> but cool. it's pretty I'll have fun to listen to that. I haven't listened to it yet yeah and it's short it's like half an hour so definitely check that out cool yay Hollywood Badlands yeah okay and then what's new with Drew this week just a couple little things um, so the Drew Barrymore show premieres on September 12th. So we got a release date and there's a really cute promo video Yay. that they put out on Instagram and YouTube and it's to the go girl, go girls, <laughs> go goes. We've got the beat, which, you know, Drew <laughs> loves and loves them. And I guess she was really happy that they gave permission for them to use the song on the commercial. So that was really cute. Super cute. Super cute. And then the other thing, I don't think I showed you this, and I don't know how TMZ got this. They're so shady, but I guess Drew sent a video to Britney Spears congratulating her on the new Elton John song doing well. And then Britney said, oh. <laughs> I know, and Britney sent a video back to her and TMZ has both the videos because they're creeps. <laughs> so they were like clearly sent as personal things. Yeah. It's weird. Okay. I haven't checked this out. Now I feel very unprepared. I know. I mean, it's like, it's not that important, but you know, there's not a lot to share. So that was the one notable thing I like. It was like, okay, well this happened. Okay. TMZ. TMZ. Mm-hmm. How did they become like such a source for everything? Kind of. I, know. I almost want to say illicit, but it's like everything. Anything they want to get like, their hands on. They do. Yeah weird 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 weird. (laughs) okay so getting on to something well yeah getting on to the topic I mean are we ready I think so we don't this is a biggie so we should just jump in it's gonna be the meat of the episode this is the meat of the episode so as we mentioned at the top we'll be talking about the Rolling Stone from 1995 on which Drew is on the cover um it's an article by Chris Mundy or Mundy um, who also did Us 1997, which was another incredible Ugh. article. I know Forever it's definitely favorite. one of Ashley's favorites. Yep. <laughs> yes. And um, this this gentleman is also now a showrunner on the show Ozark. So he's done well for himself. Seems I know. It's like a little wild. bit of a turn in his career, but rad. 
Yeah, I was like um, looking him up to and see then like maybe if we could by... contact him. And then I was like, oh no, he's like a whole thing. He's a guy. Yeah. He's like, he's, like busy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a guy. He's a guy. He's a guy. Um and then um the photographs are by one of our favorites, uh, Mark Seliger. Fan favorite. Um, this was their second shoot ever together. And I counted and they've done at least at least 11 in the total of all these years since 1994, which is pretty cool. But this is like a... That's so cool. I know. This is absolutely one what? of the most classic. What's the most recent? Um, he actually did some fl- uh, flower eyewear promo photos. Oh, cool. I don't think I remembered that. I love that. Yeah, that's really neat, huh? That's super cool. And now we've got some notes about the hair and makeup. Hair was done by Helena Acapinti. Sorry if I got that wrong. Uh, makeup by Susan Sterling for the cover. And then Rumiko for the inside. All just classic work. And I thought um, that was interesting that there was two different makeup artists. So they must have done the cover shoot. cover shoot. Separately. Yep. And now we'll kind of talk about the photos on the inside before we get into the article. Um, once again, these are super classic. Make sure you look at the reference photos that we've put on our website um, for this and uh, really soak it in. They're such amazing pictures. If, you, if you're if you not familiar, if you're familiar, these will be like in the <laughs> forefront of your mind. I have no doubt. I know. It's kind of hard to imagine not immediately recalling these photos. It's just yes, like, yes. super familiar. But just in case, let's go through them. So yes. we'll start out with the cover, which is like as classic Drew as you can get, maybe, right? We've got yep. Yep. I would say up so. on her cute face, her tongue sticking up to one side, her eyes are going up to the other side. It's so close up. Like, I think that was kind of unusual for a magazine cover. You don't really see it that often. And she just looks adorable and perfect. <laughs> and uh, yep. Yep. so- that's the only photo from this. I'm just going to call this like a setup because there's lots of different setups in this um, magazine. Yep. It's the only one that appears in the magazine. But we were treated to lots of outtakes from this one later on. So like photos of her, yep. you know, where she's like naked. She's got the daisies in her hair. She's got, you can see a lot of her tattoos. There's one of her like in water surrounded by daisies. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, there were a lot. Yeah. This, these were in magazines. These were in books. Like these were very common to find outtakes for, which is great. I wish more of them could say the same. <laughs> and I mean, totally. And a couple things that I, um, when I think about like this cover image and how close up it is, um, I think it was a while before we even saw like a clean version of the cover, like yes. without that like Rolling Stone right over her forehead. Like there are so many times where. Like with not just this magazine, but many where I'm like, I want to see the whole picture. Um, and I feel like we've maybe seen some clean ones now for sure. Um, um, I and- remember seeing like if, when you say clean, I'm it's like raw, like a photo where there's absolutely no retouching done. It's just like yes. that close. And it's <gasps> so cool. That's right. I forgot about that till right now. We'll have to add that. Version yeah. In the show. I mean, it just. It, yeah. And it's, I feel like, I feel like also it wasn't immediately apparent that the picture of her like floating in the water with the daisies and the others, like it wasn't immediately apparent to me that those were from this because it's such a close up. Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel like I knew, I don't know when I figured that out, you know, but 
I feel like it just wasn't felt completely clear right away because I don't think you can see her bare shoulders in the cover, right? Like, no, all you, you see can. Is her face. You can barely even see the daisies in her hair. You'd have to really be looking. Okay, so I don't know how we even knew, but it just still feels like such a magical setup, as you called it. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's so Drew. It's so like there are. I mean, maybe because there are so many images from it. Like, these are some of the. I don't know, and sh and she just looks so. Um, I know we already said magical. She just looks so like <laughs> sweet and I don't know, they're very true. Kind of like a little pixie, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, love um it. I mean, I almost don't want to move on from that, but <laughs> the next setup the, the next setup, my next setup we'll talk about um is the Boy Scout mm. kind of outfit setup. So middle like she's clearly been like tied up is she over a fire like it's um she's wearing a, a black wig um and this is one where we've only seen one outtake and it's bad quality i don't even think it was printed anything i don't know um but either way it's a classic um like Everything about the photo, I even love the like expressions on the boys' faces, like really good little actors. <laughs> um, and Drew just looks amazing. I mean, I love her with black hair, so her wearing the black wig, even though it's like a subtle part of the setup, is also real special. Oh yeah, I know it's just so cute. Like it's just a really fun image. And uh, you're right, there is a little campfire. It looks like they're either putting it out or trying to get it started. <laughs> <laughs> and I, from what I remember, the one horrible quality outtake is from like a very old version of Rolling Stones website. That's like, my oh, okay. Collection. Okay. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't remember it all, but it's real cute. I mean, she just like turning her eyes the other direction. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So it's, so unlike the ones of the cover shoot, like this one is just a subtle difference yeah for the outtake okay oh, such a good one all right and then the next photo in the magazine is uh black and white and it's like a sumo wrestling scene where uh, it's drew and a sumo wrestler and she's got this long braid like obviously extensions uh coming <laughs> off the back of her hair and it's just funny they almost look like they're dancing together yeah <laughs> it's definitely like so random when you think about yep. it <laughs> and again we yep. have seen... and it's one that i kind of forget about <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah because it's like a one-off we've seen one other outtake and it's horrible quality as well probably was from the same uh website and instead of dancing where she's leaning back in the outtake she's like leaning her head onto the sumo wrestler's chest <laughs> but again it's like really unique and it's a really cool photo yeah kind of maybe underappreciated i would say so i also feel like it was maybe reprinted in something where i have like a lot of copies of it so i might have just kind of mm. i don't know i don't know i feel like i look past this one a lot and it's really cute it almost you almost wouldn't know it was 95 like i don't know there's something about it like her her face maybe because of the hair it almost looks like it's a little bit later or something yeah i could see that um, it's definitely not easily identifiable also a classic as that year yeah yeah um and then this next one has a real special place and i imagine in both of our hearts <laughs> yeah <laughs> um 
Um, so it's so it's it, you can't really tell in um, the version that's in the magazine. So the image that's in the magazine, um, there's Drew is like kissing a horse. She's wearing kind of like a, a circular skirt that looks like it has, has like a like a hard like a hula hoop. <laughs> describe it <laughs> like a hula hoop around the bottom of it. She's wearing a little hat, holding an umbrella, and like sitting. It looks like in sand. Yeah, it's on the beach. Okay, um, and like it, that we've seen an outtake and then a little bit of footage from this. So we've gotten some like real special kind of insight into this. So one outtake was used on one of I'm gonna say both of our favorite cover covers ever. Maybe it's only one of my no, favorites. No, I love it, um, and it's one of, I still don't own it, which is so sad. <laughs> I okay. can't believe it. And I don't I don't remember I don't remember where I got my copy. Do you remember? I think you got it from Rob. That sounds right. Hi Rob. Hi Rob. So Boulevard magazine from 97. Does that sound yes, right? That's correct. So I think it might have been kind of like either a weekly or a newspaper magazine. Yeah, it's it definitely says it's super hard to find. On Sunday. So I think it was like an insert there we go. In a, yeah, Sunday newspaper in England, so, I believe. <sighs> God, it's so beautiful. So in this, you can see that she's wearing like a hot pink outfit. You can't tell in the one in that's in, it's printed in Rolling Stone, but it's this like hot pink outfit. And then the other images we've seen, God, I would love to see more outtakes. Huh. Um, <laughs> looks like she's on a tightrope. And um, what was the footage for? So MTV, but what was it on? Um, I think they were just doing an interview with her on the set of it. They used to do that okay. kind of thing. And then they show it in biorhythm. So that's okay. how we've seen it. Um, I don't know if okay. it was ever shown. I mean, obviously, they probably showed it on like MTV News or something like at that time. God. But it's so cool. <laughs> I, a, I can only think of a couple of things where I've seen like footage of her on photo shoots. Like maybe there are a lot actually, but I'm thinking of like, there was some cool footage from, and I'm going to blink on what it is. Was it Bizarre <laughs> where she had like the faux fire coming from her head? Oh. Like, wasn't there some footage from that? Maybe that's not. That's so funny. I don't even remember. Like that's a more recent I'm, one. So my brain doesn't yeah, quite have a, yeah. as much of a lock on it. <laughs> but I feel like it's rare to see footage. Like, I don't know. This was just, it's a really, really special one. Well, especially the hot pink then. is so. I almost forgot that the image in the Rolling Stone was black and white because I can almost picture it in color. <laughs> yeah, that um, makes sense. But real special. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm going on a little too long about it. But it's, <laughs> it's a good. Enough. It's really quite sweet. <laughs> Those are that's. Yeah. I mean, that's it for the main uh, photos that were done for this magazine. Um, they have a mm -hmm. couple other tiny photos inside that are not part of the shoot. So. There's a really mm -hmm. cute one of her and Eric Erlinson at a whole show and they're like about to kiss and she's holding a cigarette in one hand and it's like basically 1995. Actually, that might have been yep. late 94, but this era of Drew in a nutshell, like perfectly sums it up. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's really sweet. That's a really cute picture. And then the other little clipping piece in there is um, little Drew. So 1983 image of her holding some daisies. So I think it goes really well with the other images. Um, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. And it's it's really cute. Um, do we know what that shoot is from? No, we have a, in our collection of digital photos. I We have a handful from this, but I have no idea what it was for. 
which it's like a mystery one. We don't know the and we don't know who. The... Okay, I wonder if the Rolling Stone has some credit we can look at. But, oh, um, yeah, really, that would be a good. I idea. never even I thought about that just now. So maybe we'll do a little not an oopsie daisy, but kind of a clarification in the next episode if we figure it out. Yeah, so now we can get into the article a bit, which is kind of like the meat of this. Sorry about saying meat, because both of us are vegetarians. <laughs> I don't know why we keep talking about meat. <laughs> it's the, uh, is there another word? The, the No, I was going to say the cream, but I don't like that either. <laughs> the chunk. <laughs> this is yeah, the chunk. All these the words show. are bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're not great not great how about the, the um, chewy inside okay, actually, <laughs> the nougat <laughs> we got to the this is the nougat of the episode to so get ready to bite <laughs> in <laughs> <laughs> so we are ready to jump into the article we're gonna see how this goes we've never done something like this before we're just going to take you through all the main points uh there are a lot of really good like uh i want to say meaty oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> there's like well really good substantial awesome this is like peak 95 drew and yep. you guys will see what we're talking And it's about. like personality wise, mm -hmm. the content of the interview, like, I feel like it's actually strange to think about the fact that it was five, six years after she'd been out of rehab. No, less, less. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So how much weird. living she did in like a very short amount of time and how many like, uh, eras she sort of went through yep yeah I mean it's crazy that this is only three years before all the stuff we talked about in 1998 like that feels yep. like a big gap it does <laughs> so but this feels it feels very like there's a certain kind of way that she went about yeah. like that she was growing <laughs> in 95 and this like this kind of encapsulates a lot of those things Perfectly um, and, said. and I think also we want to encourage everyone who hasn't read this, like, read it. Um, maybe we need to put it online. Like, can we put mm. the transcript, a PDF of the transcript? Yeah, um, we could do that. I don't know I mean, if legally we can, but sure, let's try it. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe we'll put um, a transcript up so you can all read it for yourselves. Um, this is a really beautifully written, we might have already said this, but it's a beautifully written article. Yeah, um, props to Chris Mundy because he... I mean, I think we'll definitely do an episode on the S97 because that's like yeah. majorly important to me. Yeah. And he just nails her personality. Like her essence comes through. He nails with her an with an apple. <laughs> <laughs> little callback to anybody yeah. listening to the last episode. <laughs> yep. You know, we're just, we're just making callbacks already. That's how you make a successful podcast, right? You have like inside yeah. jokes. Yes. Callbacks. We'll have shirts with quotes on them before we know it. Perfect. Perfect. I can't wait. All right. I can't wait. Let's dive into it. So okay. the first part of the interview, it is done in New York and uh, they don't specify the date, but it's really easy to do the math. So it was done on April 14th, 1995. And the reason we know that is because 
the article opens with stating that it's been two days since she did the Letterman flashing. So ah, <laughs> that's how I did that. Just I really... a little bit of sleuthing. Just a, yeah. mi- just a, mi- a little minor sleuthing. <laughs> I worked really hard to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. And you'll, you'll see that Ashley does like minor to major sleuthing. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's quite a varied, it's quite a range. Thanks. And I sit back and go, thanks, Ashley. <laughs> I like doing it. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it does state that she's been getting thumbs up on the street from men, which I thought was pretty gross, <laughs> but gross. not surprising. Yeah. Um, it's also at this time, it's exactly her 10 month anniversary with Eric Erlinson. Mm-hmm. So they must have started dating. Ju- oh, I hope I'm doing the math right. Yeah. It would have been June 14th, 1994, which checks out with what we know, I believe. Yeah, she was filming Mad Love. Cute. And the, they say the most important part about this day is that this is the day her divorce from Jeremy Thomas finally became official. And <laughs> that's crazy because she it's had crazy. filed on May 10th, 1994. So it was like 11 months went by before it finally went through. So that's I don't know crazy. if that's like a California thing or what. But <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a long turnaround. Yeah. And when she mentions this at the beginning of the article, she refers to Jeremy as the devil. So <laughs> that really also, ended well. <laughs> yeah, I also um, really loved how they described her laugh. I'm going to see if I can find it really quick. Oh, okay. So, um, and it says um, the devil dot, dot, dot. And then she promptly giggles, not the worldly knowing laugh. She sometimes expels to let you know she's been around the block a few times, but the girlish, almost childlike chortle she uses when trying to elicit a response from your inner babysitter. Ooh, it's like, that's a good yeah, quote. I, I know. I just, I just loved it when I read it. I was like, wow. Like that. I feel like that's really like, I can hear it. I can yeah. hear that, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, she says right afterward, I'll just read this quote that I wrote down because I think this is really true to who she was at this time. She says, I just want to be free. That's the whole point I've been trying to make since I was a child and I'm still making it. Mm, Yeah, that's that's really sweet. (laughs) Yep. That sums it up real well. And actually this kind of this next little part, um, it's describing her. I believe like so it's talking about kind of how encompassing this adult and child like kind of persona which makes it, sense like she was barely 20 like she was young that's a trip <laughs> that's such a trip so it says she threw a dart and does a victory shimmy which i also feel like i can picture oh, 100%. and then and then like immediately kind of talks about um uh, like a powerful producer meeting that she's gonna have with a budweiser in hand and a grape flavored mickey mouse lollipop in the other <laughs> It's like that, that is the type of detail that I just like soaked up in my uh-huh. early Drew uh-huh. days. Like, uh-huh. why is that so cool to know? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, isn't there an interview that's done at Musso and Frank and they describe it really amazingly? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to figure out which one it is. Okay. Um, but, but this is like one where like, when I have gone to Musso and Frank, which I've done once, I was like, kind of trying to picture like where was drew sitting i mean there are so many things that have happened at muso and frank it's yeah. a historic place in hollywood anyway I, that's one of the kind of things like we're sitting here and here's what we're talking about like yeah just the this little adds, details adds this wonderful detail yeah. yeah um and then we've got another quote here do you want to go ahead and read that one sure so it's kind of goes with what she's talked what they've been talking about she says i'm an adult and i'm a child they go in and out 
I get to be a kid now because I wasn't a kid when I was supposed to be one. But in some ways, I'm an old woman. Lived it, seen it, done it, been there, have the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the sentiment about getting to be a kid because she wasn't a kid is something that she's repeated her entire career. Yeah. Don't you think? Especially at this time. Like, this is like free, silly, mm-hmm. just uh, wild. Mm-hmm. I don't, this is just such a... I think everybody really feels nostalgia for this era of Drew. Yep. Yep. Um, and then we get into this little part about um, about Drew, Drew's relationship with her mother and um, her embarrassment about her mom dedicating her like sex book to her. <laughs> um, and then she claims they hadn't talked in four years, but it can't be accurate because Doppelganger was filmed in 1992, which- hey, Look, Drew's never been good about knowing how many years have gone by. No, She's Drew, we very... love you. We <laughs> love you, but you usually double, about double the amount of time that's passed. It's okay, it's okay. We will keep you on track. I feel like- you can. <laughs> yeah, next time she wants to say when something happened, shoot us a little message drew we'll tell you the real time when it happened yeah we've got we've got we've got all of the sources to figure this out your brain can't be trusted (laughs) i don't i don't expect her to keep track the way we do it's okay (laughs) no no and actually to be fair well i think i can keep pretty good track of my of my time never mind (laughs) to be fair can anyone keep that good of track of their own things but anyway so then she um she says that they had been corresponding, her and her mother had been corresponding by letters in the mail since Drew's 20th birthday. So that year, I guess they had been kind of become sort of pen pals, which is really sweet to imagine. Something else, I don't, of course, I already forgot where it was, but I definitely came across something else around this time where it said that they only communicated by letters. So that, Mm. that checks out. Mm, that's sweet. Um, a quote from Drew in this part of the article says, my mom always told me that I have to be totally accepting that the person I'm with is going to leave because we're all born alone on this earth and we'll all die alone. Both my parents grooved on love and both of them were not capable of having a relationship with another person, not a lover, not a friend, not even their own family. It really fucked up my ideas of what love was supposed to be, um, which is that such is a like, rough. it's really, it's really rough. Um, and I don't think she would say she feels, I mean, I think that she's like, has a pretty good relationship with love now. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Of, of course, she's had struggles with relationships throughout her life, but I feel like she still has, like, she has such a positive outlook. And of course, that's something we love so much about her. So like her having come from this kind of like negative, right? like you're going to die alone. I mean, if you take out the romantic kind of love, she's clearly very, very capable of having strong relationships. Like she's got friendships that have lasted oh. for decades. So oh, yeah. she definitely oh, yeah. is better at it than her parents were or yep. are. <laughs> yep. Um, and I'll just go ahead and point out that I couldn't help but notice the we'll all die alone was reminiscent <laughs> of the line from Donnie Darko. Um, spoken by Roberta Sparrow, aka Grandma Death. Um, every living <laughs> creature on this on Earth dies alone, which she whispers to to Donnie. This kind of a weird coincidence. I wonder. Yeah. If there's something there, but maybe not. Maybe it's just a coincidence. It's probably just a coincidence, but it's still interesting. Yeah. She does a uh, then give a little bit of a props to Jade because she says that Jade stood up to a playground bully when Drew was six. I hope this is an exaggeration, but maybe not. (laughs) Apparently 
uh, Jade came to school and grabbed that little boy by the collar and threatened to cut his dick off if he messed with Drew again. <laughs> it's a little intense. It's a lot. It's a, li- it's a little intense. But then, like, Drew says something like she appreciates it. Like, yeah. thanks, Mom, for sticking yeah. up for me. You know, so that's real funny. Um, She's got to find the positivity where she can in that relationship. <laughs> yep. But, you know... Threatening to cut a child's <laughs> yeah. genitals off? I'm, like, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I hope this is an exaggerated story. <laughs> um, and then she kind of she says she doesn't know where her dad is. And right. really, you know, it feels, I mean, I, I'm still so confused about her relationship with her dad. Like, as a young adult. Yeah, like, I don't really, I know she kind of says certain things about, like, like, like the last age she remembers having contact and such but i again we can't really like drew doesn't grasp age like her age at certain times very well (laughs) true um so i'm just curious like if there's any way for us to really know so Um, the only thing i would go off of is there's definitely a picture of them maybe closer to the end of 1995 together so maybe i mean if this was april it could definitely have been a little bit later yeah maybe she reconnected with him briefly soon after this and i think it was really just in waves after that you know yeah i can picture that the picture you're talking about but what was it from i don't know it was printed in some magazine weirdly enough i want to say premiere and like I think much later right much later yeah and i think it also might be in that barrymore family book okay yeah i think yeah. you're right um that would definitely be worth um, having on our episode page. It's, I it's will a note really, that right now. <laughs> it's a really, really amazing picture. Um, so yeah, so they did at least have some, but that would have been, like you said, at the end of 95. So after this article came out, even though she was kind of like, maybe a little bit shit talking him um, and he deserves it. <laughs> yeah. um, they did at least have some of somewhat of a relationship. Um, yeah. The article uh, also talks about rehab and um her and david cross crosby being her sponsor right yeah or at least how he took her in after yeah. um because his wife i believe worked at the rehab facility oh um, wow i didn't remember that yeah her name is jan dance she definitely gets mentioned okay. a lot in little girl Last. oh yeah okay i remember that name for sure yeah. um one thing in this article that i just either had forgotten or didn't know was that David Crosby knew her parents and I, I just kind of had a like realization. Could it be that it was because Jade had the um, affiliation with the Troubadour in Hollywood? Yeah, like, that's exactly what I was thinking. I think it was okay. kind of the same circles they ran in maybe. Yep. And then um, David Crosby is quoted as saying he thinks her mother, as in Jade Barrymore, is one of the worst influences possible for Drew, which Yikes. is like, it's harsh. <laughs> But you know what? You know, like he was somebody who really looked out for her. Yeah. Um, and and I, one of the only parental figures she'd ever had at that point. Yep. Yep. Aside from um, Steven Spielberg, maybe. I'm also having a memory of one of the which which special is it where he's quoted? <laughs> <I knew> it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does he say? Because we used to quote it. <laughs> oh my gosh! I have to think about this for a minute give me yeah. some money now or something uh-huh. like that he's talking about his dad that's right yeah that's right so we used to say that i don't know why we used to quote it this is just one of the many many random things that over the years <laughs> ashley and i have made like our own our own little um, inside jokes yes give me some <laughs> give money, me some now. money now. <laughs> 
is it biography? I think it is biography. That's that's what my first instinct was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then speaking of Steven Spielberg, this is kind of old news. We all are familiar with this, but she just briefly touches on that she loves that he will always see her as a little girl, and mm-hmm. she talks about getting the Playboy on her birthday with the big quilt, and then that uh, all the pages he'd had his art department or. I don't know that'd be an art department. <laughs> his, yeah. His graphics department, probably. That would make more sense. Uh, put little outfits over her, which, by the way, is one of the things I think we would love to see. Oh my God. I would love to see that. <laughs> you know, if we ever do our prop up Drewsium in person and Drew participates, that's one of the things we're going to ask her to give us. <laughs> unless unless she lost it in nope. the fire. Shh, let's not talk about that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> she definitely sorry. had so much stuff in a storage unit. Because remember when she did that thing on Instagram where she, it was like oh, storage yeah. unit week? And it, there was oh, some God. old stuff in there. So she might. That's a good point. Might have it. I'm trying to be optimistic. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Um, Yeah, in the article, she claims that she doesn't respond to the name Drew, that she has like some what of a negative association to it because all her life she's kind of been the famous Drew Barrymore. Which is so interesting. I don't feel like I don't feel like she feels that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But again, it's so close to having come out of rehab. Like when you think about it, like relatively close. So she says her friends call her D or Daisy. And then they talk about um, her wearing the little necklace that says daisy in beads like on her neck which i believe Uh, we have photographs of i there's gotta be yeah i'll take a look okay some more work for you (laughs) um and then i just like this quote because it i remember feeling this exact way uh it says in person barrymore is a tiny a miniature version of herself and i remember Mm -hmm. the first time i saw her in person when we saw her at um the tonight show Mm-hmm. in 2003 that was exactly like her face is like very tiny in person <laughs> yep yeah I just thought that was cute and I always feel like okay is she 5'2 or 5'4 her height she says she's 5'4 <laughs> but like she's always wearing high heels yeah um, so the picture of that I always think about is of you and I at flower films with her in 2011 and yep. I remember she's wearing pretty high boots and our heads are about equal and I'm five, six. And I think you are. I'm like, five, six. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess it could be right. She might be a little tinier than that. She seems either way, tiny. Either way, she, she just feels for being such a like big, um, I don't want to say big personality because sometimes that makes it seem like she's like, I don't know, like. It's like a larger than life essence in a yeah, lot of ways, like her though. essence as her essence is big like for being such a like yeah yeah for having such a like big essence and like filling the room with like her glow she's tiny yeah like we've we've been lucky enough to be in her presence to hug her to like i mean and every time i'm surprised by how small she is like yeah. every time we've been in her presence i'm like oh yeah you're like <laughs> I know. That's why I had to put that line in there. Cause I was like, yep, this is correct. Yep. Chris Monday. <laughs> yep. Good job. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, uh, she talks about the experience of playing the character in mad love playing Casey. Um, and she says, my character goes into an institution and her brain starts to deteriorate. 
how many other fucking actresses can relate to that and she stops waves her arms in the air like a kid trying to get the teacher's attention and shouts at the top of her lungs i can (laughs) i can totally picture that (laughs) i can picture it too um i always think it's interesting too that she talks about the rehab center as an institution um, yeah, and um, I think at some point in this article, it describes it as a mixture between a mental mental institution and a rehab. The interesting thing is, I don't feel like in Little Girl Lost, it's very much alluded to as that, but especially in more recent years, she's definitely told stories about it being like a psych ward. Yeah, as well, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, <Literally. and> I, <laughs> I don't know the history of the place and the place. Is it still there? No, she, I she went to not. the location, but not the actual like the place no longer existed in that place, right? Correct. Yeah. It was like pretty much of that time and that's it. Like late eighties, okay. early nineties, and then that okay. seems to be it. Okay. Um, and then, you know, kind of on the same train about the rehab, she does worry in this article about what people are gonna think of her drinking, but she just wants to be free. Mm-hmm. And I'll read this quote. Mm-hmm. It's kind of long, but I don't know. I think it's interesting. She says Every time I take a sip of alcohol, I think, what will people think? That's strange. Try that on for fucking size, living your life in a fishbowl for everyone to judge you. How about that? (laughs) I'm fine. This is what kills me. Ask any person in this industry if I missed one fucking day of work or if I was ever unprofessional or threw a temper tantrum or walked onto the set drunk. It's never happened. Doesn't that stand for something? The only reason anyone found out anything about me is because some guy broke into my hospital and reported it. I never asked him to exploit my story. Nobody ever would have known because I never missed a day of work over it. This guy has some pretty gnarly karma coming. So (laughs) to clear the record, I had to tell people myself. I had to go, okay, I'm getting my fucking life together. And now I'm fine. I'm happy. Yeah, that I think that whole thing, like she doesn't sound... I wouldn't say she even sounds bitter. She just sounds frustrated that she has this this judgment over um, some part of her life that, like, to some extent, she didn't really have control over. Like, I mean, when we go back to what David Crosby said about her mother, like, not that I'm blaming her, but there was something about the environment that she was in. Um, Right. She didn't have a great chance. (laughs) No. And, like... She has flourished. And if we're looking at an article from 27 years ago and like, I'm I'm so curious if she were to read this now, how she would interpret her own, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think she, you know, I I feel like she has described living her life in a fishbowl in different ways, like kind of like that she lives a public life, but that's what she's known. Yeah. She's more accepting of it um, now. It also made me think like, wow, what if, Not that it's like I would want to change anything, but like, what if that guy never had gotten there from and put it in the National Enquirer? Like, what if we never knew? I think I would imagine these days she's probably really grateful that that happened. Yep. Yeah. So she didn't have to kind of like live a lie, but it's interesting to think about. Having gone through that as an additional hardship probably actually made her who she is. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I don't. I don't know if she would be who she was like, yeah, she would have still gone. She would have still been in the rehab slash institution slash psych ward. Like she still would have have had to go through that. But um, having to like be that honest probably made her like, okay, I'm just an open book now. Like I'm probably having to like fight for people to take her seriously again. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also is a huge part of who she is. Yep. 
Yep. So like, I don't know. That's a good quote. I'm glad that you pulled that. Yeah, it was long, but <laughs> it's a yeah. good one. Um, the next part of the article takes place in New York. Um, do they say how much, how many days after the first part it is? No, do, it kind of right? jumps. So it could be okay. same day. It could be another day. So they talk about like <laughs> this, they're at a park in New York's East River and they describe what she's wearing, which I can oh. picture it because I feel like it's exactly an outfit that she wore to an event. I mean, or maybe seen not elements of it, maybe not all together, okay. but yeah. Yeah. Um, so it says she's wearing a leopard print coat, a low cut, loose, low cut blouse, purple sunglasses held together with a diaper pin and her hair in a spiky disarray. Um, <laughs> of course, what I'm picturing and I can't remember what the event is. It's a New York event, like a um, like a book event or something where she's wearing the leopard print coat. She's wearing oh, sunglasses. I know. Oh, wait. The one I'm picturing with the leather print, leather print, leopard print coat is no sunglasses. And it's at this took some research, but it's at the Toronto International Film Festival for the premiere of Four Rooms. And oh, I know from digging that she was there to kind of court director Robert Rodriguez to direct Scream. <laughs> that's, a, oh. that's a lot. I mean, we'll get into that in the Scream episode, but that's that's the only time I can picture her in the leopard coat. But now that okay. you're saying it, oh, she wears like a leopard dress. Maybe it's not a coat. To another event in 95. Anyway, maybe we can find something that shows the coat that we're thinking it is. We can show and the I'm, coat. <laughs> and I'm also picturing sunglasses, so I don't know which ones I'm thinking of. Either okay. way, I can totally picture this. Um, there's also something really cute that it says. It says something like, if they have a reunion picnic for the Sex Pistols, like <laughs> this, she would show up this way. Doesn't it say something like that? Yeah, which is pretty um, funny. It's really cute. Um, so I love that they're kind of describing her as like punk rock. Yeah. Um, so that was real cute. Um, and I, now, of course I'm like making more work to find images, but that's okay. That's what I every do. visual aid that we can give to somebody who wants I mean, to dig further. If we're going to keep talking about it, there is a picture of her with the sunglasses and the diaper pin. It's just kind of small quality. It's from, um, I think it's like Newsday. Oh, I, neither of us have it. You know oh, what I'm talking about? And it's also okay. in a park, which is kind of weird. Um, but you can see that she has the diaper pin. But then, so I, I already was kind of looking for like if there were better pictures of that. But okay. I found that she has that same pin on her wrist, like on a bracelet in uh, when she was out of time for Heroes in 95. Yeah. So, you like that Oh my pin. God. Oh my God. <laughs> we could just go on a- Oh my gosh, kind, right? We can pull any, pluck something out of these good articles and we can talk about it for an hour. Just <laughs> so challenging, challenge accepted. <laughs> Um, well then so. I love this next part so they're enjoying being outside and Drew gives this quote I tell you nothing makes you appreciate being outside more than being locked up for a year nobody appreciates mm -hmm. the sky more than me nobody I have this fear that goes way beyond claustrophobia I want to fucking be free I mean that in every way possible mm -hmm. and I thought that was like cool because you know, there was that video of her a few months ago where she's like doing renovations in her kitchen and she yes. uncovers that window. Yes. 
(laughs) for some reason it went viral because I guess people thought it was hilariously weird that she was like crying over finding a window that seems exactly her I was like (laughs) no you guys don't understand she was locked up and has never been able to get over appreciating seeing the sky like yeah (laughs) this is more than just finding a window and thinking that's cool this is symbolic this is true at her core (laughs) yep didn't the um the woman from SNL do a like a parody of it yeah (laughs) Yeah. what's her name uh Chloe I'll look it up. Is it Feynman? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, it definitely, she's, I mean, one of our favorite things about Drew is that she is the same person. Yeah. Um, you know, All and like, this, this is later. just one of the many examples um, yep. of it. Like, and I love that she says the same things, that she has similar sentiments and yet has grown. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's Consistent, just really but always evolving. Yes, exactly. Um, the article has the story about meeting Eric, um, which anybody who maybe we should quickly, I think we should kind of say it. Um, so the story is that she, um, went outside of, okay. I, I feel like I remember it being the Viper room. Yeah. So, you know, what's so weird. I feel like I've always thought it was the Viper room too, but I don't know that. It, that we'll it says that okay we'll find okay so Viper somewhere. room and that it was it was a um show for the band that dog yes that's definitely and so she, right. so um drew was outside throwing up and then eric came up to check on her and then she ended up throwing up on his shoes yeah <laughs> so and it was mac that. and cheese oh <laughs> wait is there an illustration of it somewhere or am i remembering that wrong oh Sorry i think to... there was an entertainment weekly that sounds okay. right <laughs> we may or may not be able to pull that but that's okay oh we um, have it i'll find it <laughs> but then she um but then she says that she loves that he has such a huge family um that she didn't really have like feel like she had a family that she could connect to the way it connected to his i think she said that he has seven siblings or maybe there are seven kids or something and um, then she says she wants to have a son and daughter and name her daughter Ruby Daffodil, which is really cute. So and it cute. feels very 95 Drew to say that. Yeah. And I'm I feel sure there like... were people who had that screen name. Doesn't that seem like oh a thing? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I also um, thought it was interesting. I mean, it's just such a uh, consistent theme in her life, dating yeah. people who have really big families who like yeah I think that's a big draw for her with her well, partners and I, and I feel like I feel like when she's talked about like Nancy Juvonen's family mm-hmm. like I don't remember if Nancy has a big family but she definitely like feels like she's part of Nancy's family yeah right? yeah something I think she's always been seeking out which after yeah. we just talked about her parents who could blame her <laughs> yep and I'm just, in case anyone doesn't know who Nancy Juvonen is it's her um longtime partner and I think this comes up a little bit later when we talk about things yes. later in the but yeah, longtime partner at flower films and then this is interesting to me because again this is like hmm does this check out timing wise so she yeah. says that she's not close at all with Courtney Love and that she is very accepting of her like she has space to understand why Courtney is the way she is but mm-hmm. they don't need to be friends but very yep. soon after this they're totally palling around for like years <laughs> Yeah, so so maybe it was just kind of like it took a while for them to warm up to each other. Or maybe, um, here's my theory, Drew's dad and Courtney read this article together and both said, we need to be close to Drew now. <laughs> seems I think, possible. you know what? I think that's plausible. I, think that's I can see plausible. them having some very interesting conversations, the two of them. <laughs> totally. Totally. I think she also says something really sweet. Like they allude to Courtney Love having lost 
Kurt yes. Cobain. Yeah. Um, and what, like, think about how fresh that was. Like it I was know. a year before this. Gosh, that is wild, huh? So crazy. Wow. So crazy. And they, she alludes to that and just kind of says like, how could you not be, how could you not be like, I don't know. Mm, difficult she said like, that's whatever. one of the reasons yeah. that she's so accepting of yeah. her, like them not getting along. She's like, you know what? She's gone through some shit. Like mm -hmm. let her, leave her alone kind of thing. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. The article goes into one of her tattoos, um, talking about her ex, Jamie Walters. And it's of a cherub with, it had a little kind of ribbon with the name Jamie in it. And um, she talks about how it bled within a year and you could no longer read the name. Um, I don't know if we have photographs that show it. I feel like we have one that shows it like super clear. Right, when from, it was very from, new. From like Interview 92. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a super clear image of it. Um, I don't think we have super duper clear images of it after the fact. I'm sure we have some. Um, but she did say something like interesting that the tattoo artist said something like, um, trust just me. wait. Oh, trust me. Trust me. Like, what? And she kind of, I think she interpreted that as being like, oh, trust me, it will bleed. I don't know. Trust me. It said a year later he was gone and so was the tattoo. So was the tattoo. <laughs> or so yeah. was his name. Yes. Uh, if I were a tattoo artist, I'd probably tell everybody, are you sure you want to get this name on you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 And then uh, it goes into another one of her relationships that again talks about uh, the Jeremy Thomas marriage. I'll put in yes. quotes. Yes. Uh, she admits that they were dating but that they were not ready to get married. He just needed a green card, which yep. we all know that now, but uh, it's kind of funny. I just watched an interview with her uh, when she was promoting bad girls. So like right uh -huh. after they got married and yeah. she really was selling it. She's really trying to make it sound like they were all mm. in love and it was perfect. But mm. this, like after watching that and then reading this quote, it's just like, oof. So she says, it was such a joke. The whole thing was a fucking lie. The press lied about it. We lied about it. I felt alienated from the world when it happened because I felt like such an asshole and that everybody knew it. Mm. But after I did something wrong, I made it right. I got out of it. I just said, okay, my fucking life's ruined. You got what you wanted. You're happy. I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> and then there were some articles later, like with letters between them like didn't uh, he yeah he like sold some like cards and photos to the tabloids which i guess yeah. is why she calls him the devil <laughs> yeah but like, how much later were those put in magazines because i feel like it was years later but maybe it wasn't um i don't know i feel like it might have been around this time um but i mean i we feel really lucky to see these even though it was like once again kind of like an invasion of her privacy yeah it's like oh um, i shouldn't be excited about seeing this but it's really but cool. but in these like i think i feel like there may be like a poem yeah she writes like um, she writes like she's really in love with him like i believe yeah. she was like into him but yeah but she also you know drew's a romantic yeah. Um, and she might have just been really convincing herself. Yeah, like, I'm sure and she it, was. He seems like he was totally using her, which sucks. Yeah, it does. Um, we we maybe we maybe think he you know maybe he loved her, maybe he thought he loved her. I don't know, but conveniently she was a romantic. <laughs> um, and I love this next part uh, um, in too. the issue where they talk about her opening up her backpack, which um, is great because she still says she prefers a jam sport to a purse like that's still a consistent Aww. thing it's like oh, that's I love it. so cute that's so cute um but out of the the bag she's got cigarettes a wallet 
a photo of her kissing her boyfriend, a file of facts, a camera, a pocket pocket dictionary. Um, I wanted to go back to the word file of facts. Yeah, because I was just going to say. <laughs> because I've heard this kind of like used sort of like colloquially to mean like a an address book. And both both Ashley and I, like we were kind of like, wait, isn't that the thing that like you kind of like roll around with business cards on it? But no, that's <laughs> called like a Rolodex. It's something different. <laughs> anyway, a file of facts. And then she says, like, regarding the pocket well, it's dictionary. A plan- it's a planner. That's what we should say. Like, technically. Oh, you're not just it- an address book. Yeah, yeah, no, it's like a planner, which, I, again, she loves a calendar and a planner still. It's totally yep. still yep. the same. <laughs> yep. Um, and then she talks about the pocket dictionary and um, says that the last word she looked up was nirvana. Um, and the definition of nirvana being the final freeing of the soul from all that enslaves it. And it says that she began to cry talking about that. And it says for the hundredth time in the past few days, or what <laughs> seems like the hundredth time in the last few days. And she said when she looked it up, it was crushing to her soul. I wonder if she looked up that word because of the band. Well, she's like embarrassed to tell the interviewer that that's what the so, word was. I think she's kind of okay. like, wait, don't think it's because of this. Like, it's not because of that. But then know. she doesn't explain that it's not that. I, I don't know. She I could totally see her seeing it in a book and stopping and yep. looking up. I think that's yep. what she used to do. Yeah. Either way, really beautiful. Of course, like, and Drew's always talked about loving dictionaries. Yeah. Like, this is like her, this, this backpack, the contents of this backpack <laughs> are her. You're right. Like, just that backpack alone. Okay. That's 1995 Drew. You don't need to know yep. anything else. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> really cool. Um, Oh, I love it. Okay, so now the interview it must be a bit of time has gone by and now they're in LA. So this Chris Monday just got to hang out with her for all kinds of days. Um jelly. <laughs> I know, right? And it says that she's driving around Sunset Boulevard in a huge black monster truck and both Anne and I figured maybe that's the Bronco that she talks about driving through the fence in Wildflower. <laughs> yep. And um, did they say what year it is in Wildflower? Like I feel like it's Well, we'd be going off her memory, so we can't trail. <laughs> I feel like I somehow in my mind thought it was like 94. So I guess yeah, it make that's how sense, I remember like it. Like 94 too. 95. Yeah. And I was picturing when I read that story, I was picturing like the car from Mad Love, like the truck, oh, which is so yeah, funny. Like, but, funny. but an old Bronco is kind of like that weird big, big truck from, yeah. yeah. My dad actually had um, one. So it's, oh, it's, nice. It's easy for me to imagine. Uh, nice. But hers has stuffed animals on the dash and my dad's did not. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know. Weird, right? Bill. Totally seems like his style. <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so she talks a little bit about working at the coffee shop when she was a teenager and it says she cried tears of joy when she sucked working at the coffee shop and got a call saying she landed poison ivy um i gotta look back at the quote they say for how they describe poison ivy oh yeah um it says and the, and so the phone rang to tell her that she would be a murdering teenage slut and barrymore cried tears of joy <laughs> I just love it. Um, But then she said she kind of thought it was because it was meant to be because of her cross tattoo, because um, Ivy also has a cross tattoo, but it's on a different part of her leg. So it's on her thigh instead of her ankle. And then she kind of says she wanted to be crazy and sexy to leave the child actor behind. So which successful. Yep. yep. <laughs> you did it, yep. Drew. <laughs> um, yep. They briefly talk about boys on the side, which, you know, was kind of 
had only been out for a couple months. And I just love this part Mm -hmm. because I totally agree. It says there's no denying that Barrymore breathes life into the film at every turn. It's Mm -hmm. not surprising that she counts that character as the one most like her true self. I I mean, I think her performance in that movie is one of her best still. Uh, It's a big statement, but she's just so good in that movie. She's really cute. And also you said in our first episode you said that hearing her voice in the trailer yeah like it's like two parts cool like just like when she's talking about uh whoopi goldberg's character being a lesbian and she goes hello (laughs) like yeah something about that i was like oh what who's that i like her (laughs) yep yep that's so great um i also love that in this article um chris mundy is that his name yeah so he seems to have like done the work so oh, he like totally talked i'm gonna kind of jump back because i feel like there's a point where he says that she didn't want him to interview her mom yes you're right which it does i say thought that. was yeah so then in this part um the interview was talking to chris o'donnell so just kind of to jump forward back to where we are so he describes drew as butterflies and daisies that's her deal and she has a book with her at all times to keep track of the world i always give her a hard time because she's actually she'll actually be taking pictures of clouds <laughs> Again, and when it like... says that, we, like, literally have an example yeah, from which Interview Magazine. From the same exact time that this was yep, <laughs> totally, which I love. Um, so she, there's a Polaroid that was printed in Interview Magazine, which has a lot of her personal photographs. Um, picture of clouds, the like best. a beautiful one. So it's really cool to be able to, like, literally connect. Like, you know, she's, she's her authentic self. Yeah. Like, at all times. I love that when I read this, I can't help but think of like what I've said to people in the past about Drew. And it's that I love that she's like, even though people might kind of claim that she seems like inauthentic, you've never heard anyone come out and say anything bad about her. Like, it's not like there's some, you know, everyone has this maybe a deep under like dark underbelly, but I feel like with Drew, she doesn't let it come into like her interactions with other people, mm. nor does she, nor does she, which, you know, if people can't help it, that's fine. I'm not kind of talking bad on people who like are not perfect, like perfectly wonder off all the time because I'm not. Um, but just about like, <laughs> but just like there's something about like nobody, you don't hear people coming out and saying like, oh, she's, she's not, secretly she was, a she huge was bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Like you yeah. hear that about a lot of, public figures for sure that they're actually not kind to people right Um, and i can think i can think of many examples off the top of my head people who i've heard are not nice to their fans (laughs) not nice to their crew not not nice to the cast and you don't hear that about her never the opposite never I mean, she maybe she's paying them all off, but Drew, you're doing, <laughs> she's doing Drew, a really doing, good job covering her track. Kind of great job. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, speaking of like kind of crew, um, the next part just briefly mentions Flower Films, which was really new, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, it just says how she had founded it with two partners, and I just wanted to mm-hmm. mention that because I feel like if you have not read things from this era you would probably not know that there were two partners you would know there was nancy who Mm -hmm. we already mentioned but Mm -hmm. um drew's former assistant uh kim greitzer maybe that's how you say it she also was there at the beginning we don't really know why she chose to leave um but it's sort of interesting i feel like her being there has been erased from history 
<laughs> it never gets mentioned. That's um, true. But maybe it was at her request. That's true. Who knows? I mean, speaking of personal assistance, just on the side, like she kind of raises up people who work for her. So she yeah. tends to like, like one of her personal assistants for many years, Chris Miller, like he's now, she, he was um, ex- executive producer on her show. Or... Yeah. And like president of Barrymore Brands. Like, I mean, he yep. definitely rose up. Yeah. That's it. I yep. like that you said that. That's definitely true. Yeah. And then like she, I mean, Chris Miller, who we've been able to interact with, and he's been so kind to us over the years. If you're listening, hi, Chris. Like, you're amazing. <laughs> Let us um, know when you want to come I mean, on the she... show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'd love to have you. <laughs> it will happen. You can tell us. You can you can come on here and talk badly about Drew if you want. We'd be the first one <laughs> to hear it. Get it here. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway. <laughs> um, okay. And then the next part, they're, like, in a hotel bar. And it's kind of funny because it's like, she doesn't really want to be seen, but like, she does a lot of things to be seen, <laughs> but she screams, yep. fuck. And then she's explaining that she's attempt, uh, she's explaining that some days you just wake up in a surly mood. You just need to get out <laughs> of your system and then get on with your day. And I mean, again, another weird Donnie Darko connection. This one is uh, intentional though, because there's a scene in Donnie Darko where she's so frustrated and she runs outside and yes. screams really loud to the sky and what yeah. I remember is that uh Richard Kelly the writer director of Donnie Darko was visiting her on the set of Charlie's Angels and things were you know stressful and crazy and she was in her trailer and she went outside and screamed that and that's why he put that in the movie so again <laughs> consistent Drew <laughs> yep consistent um I couldn't I didn't know that fact or I'd never heard that fact but not surprising at all and no. i like like it totally yeah, we, makes we, sense <laughs> we love drew being her authentic self even yelling <laughs> even causing fuck. this episode to be labeled explicit <laughs> yes 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 we don't mind it's completely worth it yeah <laughs> yes so um this is another um pretty cool quote um that i feel like says a lot about her um do you think people are interested in me because of the tragedy or because of the survival? And then the author writes both. I guess that makes sense. Sometimes it pisses me off wondering which one people are interested in. She pauses. I can't see myself the way other people see me. I'm not insecure. I've been through way too much fucking shit to be insecure. I've got huge balls, <laughs> but I've been humbled. That makes you grateful for every day you have. So um, cool. And I think that this, kind of speaks to what we were saying before like yeah that she had to fight for it yep and i wonder like she would have had huge balls anyway but like <laughs> her balls got her balls got bigger because of that person who invaded her privacy <laughs> silver lining <laughs> bigger balls silver lining to to grow drew's balls <sighs> and that pretty much wraps up the article mm-hmm. the very ending which ugh, I feel like everybody just loves this. Um, two days later, after Chris Monday is finally done having his fun following Drew around, <laughs> he sends him flowers and a poem. And it reads, I watched you go down the sidewalk. Away went my being. Away went my friend. I will find you again. Oh. <laughs> and so she <sweet>. does. <laughs> two years later, he's interviewing her again. So <laughs> she was right. <laughs> 
she knew it um <laughs> and even though we would never wish for the the privacy of drew to be invaded once again chris can you show us this <laughs> chris mendy i know you're busy uh writing ozark but could you like go find this poem <laughs> please just, thank just you post a picture <laughs> thank you at how do you drew thanks <laughs> so wow what a cool journey that article is yep you learn so it's, much you get all those like awesome little details like her backpack contents Ugh, love it it's way cool and I, I love um like for us to go through it for us to be able to connect it to things like it's a yeah. lot of fun like I was I was wary about like going through that we would just be like reading quotes I don't know I think this was a lot of fun so thanks for yeah. listening and I do like that you're right, like being able to connect it to things later on in her life or earlier yeah. in her life or, yeah, it's, uh, this is why I really love being a deep fan of somebody. <laughs> it's just this kind of thing, yep. digging into yep. it. So fun. Uh, all right. Yep. Well, yep. thanks so much, you guys, for tuning in. Uh, as always, we'd really appreciate if you could rate, review, and subscribe. We've only gotten a couple ratings, and I know it probably really helps where we land in like searching on Apple Podcasts and such. Because um, right now, if you search Drew Barrymore and Apple Podcasts, you can't even find us, <laughs> which is kind of frustrating. So uh, I'm hoping maybe reviews would help with that. So even if you just go click the little five stars, how cool would that be? Please. And then uh, just be sure that you also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at how do you drew pod. And also don't forget to send us listener mail at how do you drew pod at gmail.com. And maybe we'll read your email on the next podcast yeah. and we'll see you next Thursday. All right. Bye. How Do You Drew podcast is brought to you by Ashley and Anne from thedrewsium.com. Our theme song is by our dear friend, Matt Costa. Thank you for listening and see you next time.